Welcome to the Healthcare IT Today CIO Podcast. I'm John Lynn, the founder and chief editor at Healthcare IT Today, and I'm excited to bring you the most practical healthcare CIO insights and perspectives. We know your job is challenging. We want to help you be more successful. And our guest today is a longtime CIO, David Chow, a healthcare executive. You know, man, Dave, how long have we worked together? I don't know. A long time. How are you doing, Dave? Long time. Thanks for having me. It's always good to see you, John, virtually, even though I see you in person as well. So glad to be here. <laughs> It's true. We finally saw each other in person after years of just uh, tweeting with each other. So <laughs> it's great. Uh, everyone should go follow David Chow on Twitter too. Uh, he shares a lot of great content throughout the year. But uh, for those that don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself and your experience in healthcare. Sure. So I have been in the healthcare industry for, wow, dating myself now, a little over 20 years now. And then I, I have had the privilege of being in the for-profit sector, I've been a nonprofit, academic medical centers, pediatric specialty hospital, public academic medical medical centers. Uh-huh. You know, I've done some international joint ventures with pharmaceutical and you know academic medical centers in, in the U.S. So, I think I've seen the entire health system space. Um, probably complete that vertical. Have not done the payers yet, so maybe maybe that's next time. Maybe maybe I go first side job. <laughs> Uh, is that called the dark side or I don't know, vendors uh, the dark side? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I still buy. I still, I think the dark side is when I have to sell stuff. So as long as I buy technology, I'm still on the okay side. But dark side is not bad either. No, I mean, I, it's funny people say that. It's like, we're all in this together. We got to move this industry forward. So, you know, what's interesting when you talk to a lot of people, they're talking about this digital transformation and obviously you use COVID and COVID transformed a lot of things, but where do you see healthcare when it comes to digital transformation? Such a buzzword, huh? I remember one of the funniest thing I saw was, I, I forgot who I was in, interacting with and the comment was, oh yeah, look, look everyone thinks you could buy digital transformation. And I just responded <laughs> back, send me the SKU number. <laughs> what is that? I just buy it? You can't buy it. I think it's, it's how do you use technology to create new business models or enhance your existing business model? That's how I would frame this so-called digital transformation. But a lot of it's also, you have to tweak your operating model. So it's not just buying the latest technologies or installing the latest technology. As a matter of fact, I think technology is probably the easiest thing to do in terms of this transformation, but you need to change the mindset for the organization. You need to change your process. You need to change how you see patients. So, you know, something as small as process change can lead to that transformation. So I, I kind of stopped using that word digital transformation anymore just because no one can define it well enough. But I would say my definition is what I described earlier is how do you use technology to drive new business models or create new business model and um, ways to just improve using tech, uh, whatever tech that is, low tech, high tech, whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, I think that's where we are seeing healthcare. You know, everyone talks about how you could engage the patients a lot better, but no one talks about on the back end, how do you operationalize your supply chain a lot better? How do you pay bills even faster from an accounting perspective? How do you recruit better? How do you um, perform employee retention better? I mean, these are all digital transformations too. It's not just all about the patients. So I would say just, you know, that's how I would frame it. And I would encourage uh, executives like myself to think that through because everyone wants to go after the latest shiny object of figuring out how to relate to the patient. While yes, that is our sort of true north and how we really care about the patient outcome. Let's not forget about the the piece of the operation that also needs some transformation as well. 
Yeah, that's some good points. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's probably dozens of technologies that integrate. I mean, I, I find the most interesting things happening in health IT is a mixture of multiple pieces of data and technology. And then, as you said, kind of process, workflow, and people is... So, you know, tell us about that. Like, you know, what are those the top things you're focusing on to kind of embrace digital transformation is the process and the people or what, what are you really focusing on? I focused on what can we do to make our organization better or make it safer to practice healthcare. Hmm. Uh, and then we work backwards in terms of what does the solution look like? Here's where healthcare is very challenging and health system is very challenging. And I actually got a sort of my aha moment recently when I was speaking to my peers at other verticals. So whether it's retail, food and beverage, you know, hotel, hospitality, you know, when we start talking about our portfolio and I look at the health system side, most uh, CIOs and health system side on this health system side between, let's say one to 1 billion, but I'll just keep it that simple. Uh-huh. They probably have over 200 different applications that they support and manage. And these are 200 applications that they are aware of. <laughs> the other industries, this is, that's crazy, 200 plus. We may only have like 20, 30, right? So then it's a very different uh, sort of skill set. And integrating 30 is a lot easier than integrating 200 or even 80% of 200. And some of the other vertical, not to say they're not important, you're not, people's lives are not at stake either, right? One yeah. toxic mistake can kill someone also in the health system side. So I think that's where my aha moment came in where I sort of realized yeah, this is why health system is so complicated and the job for a healthcare CIO, it, it is very difficult because of that matter in terms of this, the scope of the responsibility versus some of the others. Um, but yeah, the bulk of it is how do you integrate them? How do you make them connect? How do you, you know, share data from system one, system two. And now it's not just about system one to system two. It's also about as everyone moves towards a cloud journey, mm-hmm. they're going to have multiple clouds. So now it's cloud to, cloud to cloud integration. How do, you, how do you do that well? How do you think through setting up that ecosystem? So definitely interoperability integration is still top of mind. I would say where I have the team focus on is really be really great at moving data from one place to another. I think it goes back to what you said earlier, is that the focus? That is the focus because we have to be really good at that. And if we cannot do it, that's okay. Then we need to find a partner that can help us move data from one source A to source B, wherever that is, uh, through whatever mechanism. Wow. It's interesting you talk about the other industries. Is it the lesson from them we need fewer systems? Or, or what are the lessons from them outside of that? I mean, and is it even possible to go? I mean, I think everyone would love fewer systems, but it's hard to do. It's hard to do. And then you you also become uh, somewhat uh, dependent on one or two major player, kind of like where we are with the electronic medical record space, right? There are folks that are EMR, so EMR centric that they don't do, they don't use anything but the EMR. That's one strategy. It's a very safe strategy. You're not going to get fired. Um, and so that's one play. That's how you can reduce the portfolio, which I see one piece of the uh, decision makers leaning towards. And the other side is how do you get the latest solution out faster without waiting for the legacy EMR companies come up with a solution, right? I think so is that mindset and the philosophy and the cultural acceptance of do you need to go fast or can you wait? Can you be 
uh, sort of a cautious adopters of these solutions and while you wait for the EMR vendor to provide it. I think that's a that's an organizational decision as depending on which organization the executive sits in, they kind of make their playbook based upon that. But for me personally, I still have to navigate both sides just because it's tough to just wait for one vendor to come up with a, with a solution. Um, my favorite one is I was talking about how healthcare CRM was a big hit back in like 2016. Uh -huh. and most recently, one, one large EMR vendor finally came out with their version of the CRM. Well, do you think we really could compete with like the Salesforce and the Microsoft Dynamics? I don't know. I haven't seen it yet because it has not been fully released, but you know, that means they waited six years for something like that to happen versus going and chase it. So I think depending on where you're at, can you wait or do you have to chase it? One person I was talking to said, is that just their patient portal rebranded? <laughs> like, is that what they did? And like you, I haven't seen it yet. I don't know the answer to that. But, it, you know, you're like, if it's patient portal rebranded, then uh, that's not going to be a good outcome. <laughs> that's some, really probably some of it, right? Because they all tie in together. But I think the key is, um, does it do well with third-party systems in terms of having that insight? Does it integrate something like social data, right? Because you got to have social data. And most people don't. Can you integrate with community health centers and some of these public data? I don't know. Um, but in order to really be your CRM, you got to know what these patients slash people are really doing outside the hospitals. And I don't think people really think about that. They're just hoping for a product to come out and say, okay, this is, this says it does what it does. Let me just hope. It's like the hope mentality. I hope it does this. And then uh, they, they figure it out. Yeah, well, it kind of goes back to where you started too. You talked about the CIO position kind of evolving and digital transformation being almost, and I would describe it, this is my words, not yours, as a revenue center where you can actually drive revenue to the organization that's going to benefit the organization and improve care and all those things rather than kind of just being the cost center that it was, right? And, you know, if looking at this, you know, if your strategy is rely on your EHR vendor, is that going to be a, a winning strategy to drive more revenue? That hasn't been their mentality before. It'll take a big shift from them if we're going to see that, right? Yeah, definitely. And most of the revenue goes toward the EMR vendors, right? It's not coming back to the health system. You may get a few rebates, you may get some sort of backend discount, um, but you know, bottom line, you're not you're not selling any product or services. And right. not that every health system needs to, but it could be on the table to explore. Yeah. So you talk to a lot of CIOs. I know uh, you, you, you're friends with a bunch of them. What's a challenge that CIOs in healthcare face that maybe is not being talked about enough? Well, I think I mentioned just the, that, the massive amount of stuff that they have to support. Number two, I would say I see a big difference between the older CIOs that grew up in the tech world. Um, mm -hmm. They're so used to maintaining tech now that they're asking to either drive business value or even lead different business entities or they got to have the chops to be able to have that executive presence. It's not there anymore. And so that next leader that CEOs want and their CIO is more business savvy and more um, business minded than just focusing on tech. And I see some of the um, traditional folks lagging there. Um, I also see a lot of CIOs struggle with, you know, thinking forward in terms of what this, the patient and their executive team wants, right? Kind mm -hmm. of goes back to that um, point I just made too. So I think those are the two areas where I see the biggest gap. I see a big divide between, I'll just use very a, a generic term, the old school and the up and coming 
executives, right? You see a very big gap philosophy-wise, um, their, their playbook on supporting strategies, the build versus buy, I would say the more modern CIOs kind of wants to just buy and get a movie and configure rather than build. You know, I think most of us or most of the modern ones realize we're not a development shop, so stop building these <laughs> development pieces in-house, um, maybe get really good at configuration or if you are large enough, I mean, you gotta be a large player, then you can start building these development shops. But majority of us are not true development shops, nor should we even be in that business. Yep, absolutely. So what would you say is the key to being a good leader in healthcare? Someone that knows the operations from start to finish. And what I mean is, you know, I was lucky, I would say, I was really lucky early on in my career where I was able to navigate a small community hospital and I sat mm-hmm. in every department. So from wow. registration to billing to coding uh, to some of the specific ancillary areas, um, and I was able to see how they work, supply chain, right? Really have a really good solid understanding of healthcare supply chain. So I think that really helped me figure out, okay, now we have all these solutions of stuff. You know, I'll use the magical portfolio of 250 plus. Um, now I know where they fit in. How, how are they supposed to look like? Uh, which area does it impact from start to finish? So I think a good CIO really needs to understand hospital operations. They can't just understand the tech world because if you can't, talk about something like HICPIC codes, supply chain, uh, sourcing, part levels, things of that nature, down to that operating level, then you really have no idea what the solution is supposed to do. And if you don't know what the solution is supposed to do, how do you put together the best recommendation or assessment? So I think the, the good ones can really understand that and hopefully they could start um, having a different career trajectory, not just only being in technology. Maybe they could do other things like strategy. I think that's a really good pivot. And you may start to see some CIOs become CEOs because at the end of the day, we see so much in terms of what we support. We see the, the start to finish of a patient journey that we should be really good at this. And we should be able to figure out where the overs, the waste, um, places to cut out costs, places to improve efficiency. So I hope the next generation executives uh, start thinking about that and really putting in that work to understand the hospital operations because it is valuable. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. I I can't think of many CIOs that became CEOs, but if they came from that, you know, operational make IT run mindset, that makes sense why they don't go to CEO. So maybe that shift in mindset will generate future CEOs. Is that what you kind of see? I would like to see that. And then you could start using the growth mindset, you know, how everyone in tech, if you're working in the Valley, you have this growth mindset of driving business, then yeah. having that acumen to be able to drive revenue and be able to talk to the board, you know, you should be a really well-rounded business person with operational background and driving growth. That's like the ideal candidate for CEO, right? If you ask me. So uh, hopefully some of the aspirational CIOs are starting to think about that rather than thinking this is the top of their career and um, managing <laughs> technology and that's it. Uh, it's still a good life. Don't, don't get me wrong. We're still very blessed to be in this role, but sure. I think, um, you know, peers of mine, I see a lot, lots of great potential and they, a lot of them have the aspirations as well. That's good. So we always like to wrap up with some career advice for those that are listening. So for aspiring CIOs or maybe, you know, new CIOs to the role, what's your best advice to them? Don't be a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you the funniest story. So when I first 
uh, started my career, I was really an early um, leader with uh, the title. And I remember I went to my first conference, like, you know, one of these mega conferences. Uh-huh. And I didn't talk to anyone. And I remember when I went to certain roundtables, you know, you had these seasoned executives who probably at that time, they were big shots because they had the big brands and, you know, they, their name were probably pretty well known in the street, but they just came off as jerks. Uh, so I've always told myself, don't ever be a jerk. Always try to um, pay it forward. Always try to figure out how you could help another person uh, like myself, who was one of, one of the luckier early um, sort of uh, younger executives in the industry, figure out how to help them, bring them into the community. So I would say every leader should think that, about that because I am sure everyone has that one story when where they <laughs> thought they were out of place or they were mistreated. And it wasn't as if people were just doing it intentionally, but you know, just the nature of these events and no one thinks about paying it for. So I would say that's my career advice for the up and comers. Always think about how you could help someone else uh, that's um, working in a different tier. And you never know, those folks may be your boss one day too. <laughs> it's such a small, slightly incestuous world, uh, you know, that you live in. Might be your, they might work at the vendor. You never know when your paths are going to cross. Plus, you know, I, I don't necessarily believe in karma, but there's something about doing good for a lot of people, and you receive so much in return from those people. Not from a transactional nature, but just the health IT community is small, and if you give enough good, it, you know, it, it pays back. Uh, so that's really good advice. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, David. I appreciate you taking time to share your insights and perspectives. And thanks everyone for watching and listening. If you want to find more great healthcare IT content like this, be sure to check it out at healthcareittoday.com or search for the CIO podcast by healthcareittoday.com on your favorite podcasting application. Thanks a lot, David. Thanks for having me.